This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the 10th edition of That Mill Podcast 22-23 season. My name's Omar. Joining me to my right-hand side is Kai Bennett. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Nice to be back. How are you? Yeah, it's been a little while since I've seen your face. I did say that earlier. Um, but yeah, it's good to have you back on board, mate. You went, you went away on holiday, didn't you, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. 10 days. It was nice. Um, but miss Millwall too much, so that's why I came back. You did get to Norwich, of course, but we'll talk about that in more detail in a bit. Um, and obviously, below me, we've got Chris Chapman. Hello, mate. You all right? Hello, how's, how's it going, mate? How was uh, two away games for you? Uh, interesting. Uh, let's put it that way. We'll talk obviously about the both away games, I'm sure, in a minute. Um, I, I need to keep going with the first name, last name. So, Joe Sarifa, I'm going to go with you. Know, you, know, <laughs> you sound like a drug dealer there or something. Yeah, look at me. Like, I'm going for all the first yeah. name, last names here. So, you know, hello, Joe. You're right, mate. I'm, I'm good, thanks. How you doing, fellas? You all good? Yeah, we're all good, aren't we, right? It's, I mean, we all got four points from nine. I mean, Kai, you know, four from nine is not too bad, right? No, it's not bad at all. I mean, Norwich, two away games in there as well, and we've been been struggling away f- for a little while now. Um, so I would have taken a, a point against Swansea, you know, and obviously the way the way it happened, it was a, it was, it felt like a win, didn't it? Other when I woke up the next morning, it felt like a win. Coventry was a was a brilliant win as well. And then Norwich, you know, I just felt that we, we I thought first half, we, we did control, we did control quite a lot of the game and we, we, we managed to keep Norwich quite at bay a lot of it. Um, in the second half, there's a moment of, of, I think, a little lapse in concentration for their first goal. Second goal, you know, you could argue it's foul. Uh, but, you know, the subs came on, Vogslama and, and Fleming, and they, they look really good. So it's exciting, it's positive going forward now to see them two hopefully in action soon. We'll talk more at length about that in part number one anyway. If you're new around here, be sure to like the video. Subscribe if you're new. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a review as well. Um, any sort of feedback's always greatly appreciated. And check us out on our podcast uh, socials at that mill pods on Twitter and TikTok and Facebook. So let's crack on to the first part of the show. All right. First part of the show, we're here. Come on, Chris, talk to me about the last couple of games. Uh, how have you felt Millwall have done? Obviously, Kai had done a little interlude for us there before we went into part one. Um, happy with the last week or so for Millwall in general, mate? Not really, if I'm being no. honest. Um, I think, um, look, four points from those games is not necessarily a bad return when you consider the opposition we faced and the travelling we had to do. 
However, the manner in which we've got those four points, you know, we had to come from behind against Coventry. Obviously, the Swansea game was, you know, uh, we were awful in that first half and had uh, two late goals. And then the Norwich game, I actually think, was the best, better away performance out of the two, actually, even though we, mm-hmm. we got you know, we got done 2-0. Um, so it's... It, I'm feeling just a bit indifferent at the moment, if I'm if I'm being honest. I think um, we've we've got to try and sort out this away form, um, but yeah, I, I guess if we can beat Reading, six games, ten points, I think we'd all be quite quite happy with that. So um, let's see, let's see where we end up. I mean, Joe, I know you've been away the last couple um, and not really caught too much of the games, but obviously I know you've seen the highlights and stuff like that, mate. Um, I agree with Chris there. I think actually our best performance last week or our best half of football we played was maybe the first half against Norwich on Friday night. Um, and I was quite surprised how we played that. But I mean, the away form, as Chris, trapped, uh, t- Chris touched on there, it's been a bit tricky for us. And I think trying to find that remedy seems to be the immediate concern, really, I think, for Gary Rowett at the moment. Yeah, it seems to be either one way or the other for us, doesn't it? We, we tend to have a season where we're doing really well away from home and not doing too brilliantly at home, that's many during the COVID sort of period. Uh, last season, obviously, we had a very good, strong home record. Away, not, not so great. Um, and we just can't seem to kind of work it out at the minute. I mean, what's probably more concerning for me is, is the goals we're shipping in at the moment. I mean, you know, no one's really, I okay, can argue Cresswell's a new addition to our defence, but Really, you've still got Hutch in there, you've still got Cooper, you've got Murray Wallace. Um, and for us to concede two goals in the last, is it four matches, I think it is? Three, three games, three matches? Four matches. Um, yeah, we haven't kept a clean sheet since, I think it's like the first game of the season. So that's probably more concerning for me. I never thought that the, you know, that'd be a, a worry for me because, if anything, I think we, 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 we care more about the attacking end, don't we? We don't score enough goals, blah, blah, blah. And we still don't score enough goals, to be honest with you. But what's more concerning is that we're leaking goals. And, um, you know, it wasn't too long ago when we are complaining about drawing nil-nil for games, you know, and against tough oppositions and get, getting points away from home, stuff like that, where I think we'll take that at the moment. Yeah, just have a couple of clean sheets. It'd, it'd be good. Um, but, yeah, I'm not quite sure what what the, the answer is or what, what, what the problem is or what where it lies. But all I can think of at the, at the minute is... is we know Rowett's quite defensive minded, but is he too defensive from the off? It doesn't need to kind of go for it a little bit more. I'm not saying he's got to play five forwards or anything and, and play two at the back, but just in the way we, we play our, our style. Um, you know, our wing backs, and we all touched on this. I think um, Chris touched on it on his um, on his commentary after the, after the game as well. Our, our wing backs don't push up high enough uh, on the pitch. I think we did it really well against Stoke, um, but we, we haven't really sort of done it well enough since. And um, that's probably a contributing factor in our lack of attacking options at the moment. We're not really creating much in the final third because our fullbacks and wingbacks don't get up, up, up the pitch and, 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 you know, influence the game, I guess, in that, in that area. I think going into the weekend's football before the Norwich game, I think we were the joint top goal scorers in the league. So it's a bit weird. I agree with you there as well, because obviously with the formation, the stigma is... It's defensive, and it is, by and large. We've got a helping hand from Swansea on Tuesday night. I mean, obviously, two great own goals, Kai, um, towards the end of the game there, mate. Uh, what is it for you? I mean, obviously, firstly, that Swansea game, ridiculous ends. Obviously, I was down there at, at Swansea and, you know, made the trip worthwhile. I'll be honest, I was contemplating leaving early um, at the time. I've ne- I don't normally leave games early either, anyway, chaps. Like, 
I'm kind of like, no, I'm not leaving. But when you drive four hours a day, you're like you're thinking, for fuck's sake, like what, what's going on here? Like, mm. and especially the first 57 seconds to go one nil down. But Kai, if you drum into them games as well, I think aside from Norwich, the first their three games in, in example there: Sheffield United, Coventry, and Swansea. Inside 25 minutes, were two nil down in all three games there. Um, obviously, Friday's the exception because I thought like we gave it a go in the first half there, Kai. But that's got to be obviously something that's got to be addressed. And obviously, defensively, what is it for you that maybe could be changed in the back five, maybe, or the formation, perhaps? Is there anything that stands out for you, mate? Well, firstly, I think the two goals that we scored that one against Swansea, as you mentioned before, that any strikers, that any strikers proud of them goals, that is a superb finish from both <laughs> of them. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think especially the Coventry game for me is the one that sort of stands out. I think the first goal maybe potentially is a is a little bit of loose marking in the box, um, maybe just losing concentration a little bit. And the second goal, to be fair, the second goal is a really good finish uh, by Godden. But I just wonder whether potentially we're we're almost going forward, maybe trying to be too free going forward. And maybe we haven't got that um, maybe, I don't know, it's difficult to put, put your finger on it. But like last, last season, as we said, we maybe were, weren't as attacking as we would have liked to be. But... We, we were stronger defensively. Maybe this year, maybe we actually are being more attacking, but it's, it's maybe we're not seeing it as much, but we're, maybe it's more subtle in subtle moments. And maybe that, therefore there's players that are leaving maybe out of position or having to run back and lose. And, and it could also be the fact that on maybe on the transition that other teams maybe are stronger, maybe quicker than us and quicker to react. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard without sort of analysing every game. It's difficult to sort of put your finger on it. But I think that, I think one thing's for sure, we need to, we need to settle the back five. Whichever whichever back five Gary Rowett thinks is the is the best set, is the best back five. As long as they all stay injury free, you need to be I reckon play them all at the same time from from the start every game. That's the only way they build up an understanding between each other. Especially mm-hmm. with Charlie Cresswell coming in, who looks you know brilliant. Um, you know it looks a bit brilliant bit of recruitment. Apart from obviously that Sheffield United goal that he gave away, he's been he's been pretty good I think. Um, but if you think he is the man in there, play him. Week in, week out, get that understanding between the between the players, get players going, and, and hopefully that will improve it. I think Chris, you touched on um, the Swansea game when Sean Hutchinson came in, and, and I think obviously afterwards, like you can see his influence on the back five. I think he, I saw it too. Obviously, at being there at Swansea, and you could just see like his calming influence on the on the defence. I felt like he was there, brought into the side. Cooper was hooked off, and then Cooper was dropped. Consequently, for Friday. Um, I'm going to pick on Scott Malone a little bit and I feel like it's going to open up a little bit of topic of conversation here. And I, and I think Joe, we spoke about it on shows as well, didn't we, mate, where we said like in pre-season, he looks a bit off it. Um, I don't know, Chris, what you think, mate, but I feel like Malone's a bit of a weak link there. And, you know, maybe we're talking, obviously, we're in August at the moment. Is that maybe an area maybe we need to address in this window? Because I don't think Malone's terrible by any stretch of imagination, but I've said the same thing in pre-season, I'm saying it now. I think he lost that little bit of pace he might have had last season, which wasn't a lot of pace in the first place, but he just looks a yard off it for me, mate. I don't know what you think. No, I agree. And I think playing the role that he has to play, uh, you have to be incredibly fit and athletic to, to play that role because you're up and down, particularly if we're, we want to be supporting movement like in terms of... Because that's our only whip, really. The way we play now, that the, the wing-backs are our only whip. Um, I do think he's, he's, he's a bit off it, whether that's confidence, whether that's just... I think he's what thirty-one. Um, I, I don't know, um, but ultimately at the moment he plays regardless because I know people say play Murray Wallace there. I don't think he's the answer. I think he can fill in there, but I don't think he's the answer at left wing back personally. And Topolo, do you throw him into 
you know, Norwich away when he's played once, you know, against mm-hmm. Dartford or Cam- you know, they didn't play against Cambridge, did he? So um, I do think Malone has been a bit of a weak link, um, but I don't think he's the only one, to be honest. I-, I think you touched on Cooper there. I think Cooper's had a really poor start to the season. He doesn't look the same player w- without Hutch, whether that's Hutch's influence on him or whether that's because he doesn't have to have the armband, so it's like additional responsibility. You see cricket captains go to pieces when they become a captain, and, and so I don't know if it's the similar sort of concept there. I don't think Muzza has had the greatest start, um, and I don't think Danny Mack has, to be honest. I don't think Danny Mack's done anything wonderful, uh, and I blame him as much as I do as I do Malone for the second goal at Norwich, because there's two of them there, they have to deal with it. So I think trying to sort of analyse it, we've got some players that are underperforming, at the moment, I think we've got some players that are making individual errors. Uh, you, obviously, the Cresswell one was an individual error. You could put the second goal at Norwich as individual errors. Um, the goal against Swansea, where Cooper got done like a kipper, I, I class that as a, an individual error. And then I also think we've got to give credit to some of the teams we played. You know, I think Coventry, Norwich, Sheffield United, Swansea, I would imagine all of them will be top-half teams, uh, all pushing for the, the playoff places. And they all play much better football than us. Let, let's be real. They're, they're an attacking, free-flowing t- team. So I'd be more concerned if that was Birmingham, Reading, um, Rotherham than, than the teams we're playing. So I'm not going to panic too much just yet. Um, but I think there's a few things going on, as I say. Players a little bit off it, individual errors, but also a bit of credit to the teams we've played. It's good that we've got Burnley away next game anyway after Saturday, guys, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I said like at the start of the season, like our start of the season away from home, like we just had to win our home games. And so far that's come to fruition, I suppose. And that keeps it at least, you know, we're still in the mixer, so to speak. And that's important because I feel like the away games were always going to be tough for us, especially going on the form of last season. I mean, Joe, I'm going to throw you a curveball and say, is it the formation? Is it is this something that because I, I feel quite strongly about this at the minute after the last couple of games. Um I, I feel like I don't enjoy the setup, especially when you've got Bury and a Phobia up top, you've got two strikers quite isolated, and then you play Holman in the ten who naturally kind of gravitates a bit more into the midfield, I feel like at times. Mm. Um maybe it will change when Fleming comes back in and maybe on Saturday Fleming starts and all the answers are kind of, you know, put to bed and everyone's happy with it. But I feel like, you know, you're playing Bury, who then drifts out wide. You play a Phobia, who likes to kind of drift into spaces as well. And then I feel like at times you get the ball up the fields, the wingbacks do commit and come forward, and there's no bodies in the middle. And then mm. if you look at the goals against Swansea, both our goals, we've got bodies in the box, we force mistakes from them. We get players in the wide areas, put good deliveries into the box. You get Bury one-on-one with defenders out wide, and, you, and hazard, something happens from it. But I don't know what you think about the formation. I know, obviously, mm. it's been good for us because you can't knock it, but... <clears throat> I'm struggling with it at the minute, personally. I don't know what you think, mate. Yeah, I mean, the, the formation, first of all, is a formation we're very familiar with, which is a good thing. You see it as a positive that the players, um, towards in the last season and this season, you can see that they, they know their roles, they know their positions, where they should be and what they should be doing. Um, again, against Stoke, we played, we played brilliantly against it, didn't we? It's the same formation then, everything kind of clicked. I think a couple of things. I think we're missing key players, um, and these are probably the new players that haven't really either found their feet or look at Fleming being injured, hasn't really kind of broken to the team properly yet. You've got Vogstam, who looks really good, who's come off the bench and he's done really well in, in the minutes that he's played for us. So once these guys start building up their fitness 
and levels and they're ready to start games, I think Rarick can then start putting players into their position that's going to help benefit the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd like to see Vog, uh, Vogstana start, um, whether that be up, up alongside a Fobi or, or Bury or, or maybe. Fleming needs to go in that number 10 role and then maybe move Honeyman into the centre-mid position because I think against Stoke, if I remember rightly, I think he did play in the um, centre-mid position, didn't he, to start off with. It's only until uh, Fleming went off injured and he moved Honeyman in number 10. Um, so I think once once players are back and he's got a better selection of players to pick from, I think we might see a settled, a settled side. I think tactically, though, I'm not quite sure whether it suits us. It, it probably suits our defenders because they're not, not exactly blessed with pace, but us sitting back too deep and allowing uh, the teams to attack us, we don't have the pace up front. We don't have, hey, you know who, <laughs> any, any more to kind of like <laughs> out-attack you know, and, and, and unlock these defence or, 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 or make those runs. You know, it's, there's no explosion of pace when we go from transition from defending to attack. Um, so... When you look at the players we've got at our disposal when they're all fit, the likes of Fleming, Honeyman, Vogslammer, these are technically good, good players, probably better than what we've ever had in how many years at Millwall. So to suit these technical players, you've got to get them on the ball. You can't just be going direct and getting sort of chase balls. But to get them on the ball, you've got to play a high defensive line and then the whole team pushed up with them. So we go with a high press on their defenders we get the ball in there in, there, in, in danger areas in, in the final third and get these key players we signed on the ball more often. There's no point feeding them scraps and just going long, going direct and getting them chasing lost causes. We need to be pushing high. Now, that's the only thing is, is defensively, will we leak more goals with fast, pacey um, forwards? But again, if you've got Leonard there, I think mm-hmm. he'll be quite quick. He's proved against, against Swansea that, that amazing tackle he's done. Um, Cresswell... Um, I, I, much as I, I'd rather have Hutch and Cooper, I do miss Cooper in, in attacking options from set pieces, free kicks, uh, whether it be indirect, direct, or you know, corners. He is a real massive, you know, weapon for us up front, isn't he? Um, you know, those areas. So, yeah, I, I just think it's basically get players back in, get them playing the right positions, and maybe just play a little bit more of a higher line and a higher press and just go out teams a bit more. Gotcha. I mean, I agree with everything you said there. I mean, Kai, do you know what Norwich in the first... So we play five games this season. Do you know what Norwich did or what they were for the first time, opposition-wise, what we played against on Friday? Any ideas? I'm a big curveball there. No, I don't know. What was it's it? The first team to play a back four this season. So the reason the formation chat, they're the first... Every team this season we've played so far adopts a back five. We adopt a back five. I'm pretty sure about three quarters of the league adopts a back five. What's this wow. phenomenon about? What is this about? Like, I, I don't get it. I, I, I like it. It's secure. And obviously, aside from the last four games, we've conceded two goals in each game or more. But like, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I, I, I don't, especially like the likes of Bury, who you try to bring into the game and he's a wide player. He's a winger. He, you get him one-on-one with any defender in this league. You look at what you've done to Max Aaron's on occasions on Friday night. He makes mm. him look silly. And Max Aaron's is touted as, you know, it's the best right back in the league, Champions, uh, Premier League quality, exactly. Mm. I mean, Chris, I don't know what you make of that. I mean, obviously, I think you said you had a point to make on Bury anyway. I mean, what's your thoughts on the formation? Obviously, your point on Bury as well, mate. Yeah, I mean, um, I've got a slightly different view on the formation uh, in the sense that I think people get too hung up on formations because um, I think, I could be wrong, but I think 
they're, they're more fluid than we think they are. I, I don't think it's necessarily a rigid 5-3-2. I, I think they are a lot more fluid. And I think it's about putting players in the right areas and picking battles across the pitch and, and to your point about Bury and things. So I, I don't know. I don't think the formation is the, the, the problem per se. Would I like to see us play four at the back? Yes. I think Millwall sides that have been successful over the years have had two up front, two strikers. Um, and, I, and I like that. And let's be honest, we love a we love a traditional winger, don't we? Um, and I think that's why Tyler Bury is a lot of us are kind of latching onto him because he is that exciting player that you give him the ball and he probably doesn't even know what he's going to do with it, let alone the defender. And and I really like that. And I think he's got such raw talent, but I don't think he's a striker. And this is the point I wanted to make. I think you need to get him one on one with either the fullback or the the right centre back if they're playing a back three. Um, because to your point on Max Aaron's, he will he will murder him all day long. Um, but putting him in a ten where he's either got to try and hold the ball up or he's got his back to goal, that's mm. not his strength. Um, you know I, what what a position we would be if we could get Bury, Vogelsammer, Aphobian, Fleming in a front four and have them like fluid. I mean that that genuinely excites me. Um, and to be fair to Raul, he's not had the opportunity to do that yet. So. Let's let's see what he does, to Joe's point, when all the players are available and, and what type of formation and role he gives them all. Um, but uh, it'll probably be, what, Cardiff game before he's actually got that option option to him. So, yeah, let, let's see what he does. I think that's to my point about the formation there. Like you see, We have these creative players and these attackers and you only got position for three of them in the side and how we set up. And I take your point about it's fluid and it changes. But also, we don't have any vocal point up front. And I addressed the elephant in the room. A phobia is yet to get off the mic this season, chaps. And I think that's a tough one to address as well because he, everyone says he's not interested. He doesn't look interested. He's never looked interested, a phobia, in my opinion. Like, he's not that sort of player to, you know, I think on the second half at Norwich, he actually done that moment, good link up play. And he was, you know, making a bit of a nuisance of himself. But he's the kind of player that you just want to keep him in the middle of the pitch. You want that presence of someone just lurking in around the 18 yard box. Um, I mean, Kai, like how do we fix that? Or how a phobia needs a goal basically, doesn't he mate? And that's got to come hopefully on Saturday, but it's, it looks like he needs that kind of moment to spark his season to life. I feel like. No, he does. Yeah. And I, I just think the with benefits of confidence thing. Um, once he gets off the mark, I think he'll be at the same benefit we saw probably back end of last season. Um, and second half of the season, I thought, I think that potentially sometimes it's difficult because strikers don't score goals and the strikers get peppered for it. But I just wonder whether it's the service rather than the than the actual the attacking moments, because he hasn't really had any chances, has he really, this season? Like any clear cut? Oh, I can't really remember any of them. I picture him in the box once all season. I know it sounds stupid, yeah. but second half against Swansea, he has a shot and it's blocked by the defender on the edge of the six-yard box and it's blocked yeah. then. And I think all season, that's the only time... And maybe Stoke at home where he made the chance for himself and fashioned it. But he doesn't have... He's not in the box either, though. This is my back to my argument about how we set up. I, I feel like... We, we, our, I remember that, like in Rowett's time, one of the better performances away from home was Swansea away. I think we won 1-0. Jed scores a free kick. But you had Mahoney, Jed. And then you had, I think, up front Bradshaw. And they're busy up front, the three of them together. Um, and maybe Fleming coming back into the side changes that. But, I mean, I'll open it and say, who wants to go for it? But, I mean, like... Is, a, is it... Is a phobie? Does he need a partner up top with him? I suppose. I mean, a phobie and Bradshaw obviously worked well together at times last season. Do we need maybe another option up there? Uh, who wants to go for that one? I, I open up to anyone to go for it. I think um, 
I mean, Foden's not a bad player. I mean, he proved it last season, the goals he scored and the type of goals he scored. You know, they weren't all tap-ins, were they? Some of them were, were, were excellent shots from the edge of the 18-yard eight, box. Some of them were his left foot, right foot. So he, he's a decent player. Um, go back to your, your point with, with what Kai mentioned just then as well. He, he hasn't really had a lot, of, lot of service. He hasn't had many chances. I don't re- recall him having you know a lot, to be honest with you. So that must be quite frustrating for him as a player. Every, every game that goes past him not scoring doesn't help his confidence. Um, going back to the point I mentioned earlier, I think we need to be a bit more attack-minded. And that means the wing-backs have to really to push up high. I mean, we're playing Reading on, on Saturday. And I know we'll probably, we'll probably do a show later in, in the week to discuss that game. But they, they're, they're playing um, Hoyle at the moment as a wing-back. And I can't remember the other fellow now. But these guys almost play as wingers, not, not wing-back. And they're playing with a flat-back five or three, whatever you want to call it. But um, these guys push high. They're, they are wingers. They're not really full-backs. Um, and I, I do think Malone and, 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 and Matt Amara need to be a bit more accountable in their performances and really kind of getting those attacking thirds to create these, these chances for, for our forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Phoebe's fine in playing as a sort of up front with, with a Bury or whoever it might be, but he just needs service. And at the moment, he's not getting much of it. So again, once we get Fleming back, uh, Vogstammer back, uh, playing for, starting for us, shall I say, hopefully we can make a better assumption as to as how we're, how we're, we're doing or how badly we're doing because we've got the players there who can hopefully do a job for us. And at the minute, I don't think we're quite firing all symptoms because there's still players not available to us, you know? I think Fleming needs to come in, Kai, and just light the world on fire, right? And just problem solved. So it will happen then after that, right? <laughs> I think I think Fleming comes back into this. I just saw the little passes he tried the other day against Norwich. You can see the, the creativity he has. And with him and Benick and, you know, Bury, you know, in, in behind, and then obviously Vogslammer there as well. I think not only will Fleming be a creative point, but I think Vogslammer will be as well, because you can see strength. He's the one to hold the ball up, I think, and, and turn the defenders. He's also actually quite quick as well, uh, which is quite exciting. And obviously, as we've seen, he's got a bloody good strike on him, hasn't he? Like that that strike against Swansea, and then obviously one against Norwich where he absolutely hits it. Is he's got some power behind behind his strike? So you know what I liked about the, the strikes as well is that he's not afraid to have a go from outside from outside the box, which is which is really really good to see. I mean, I mean, but you know what that is, Kai? That that's confidence. That is. Yeah. Exactly. And the trouble is, the trouble is, three or four games go past. He may not score. Fans <laughs> get on his back, and that confidence is going to go. But well, the minute he's still he's still he's still quite high in confidence, and that's that's the damaging thing that can happen to our players, can't it? You know. I think. Um... He looks a player as well. And I was going to say, like, I didn't know what to expect from him, to be honest. Like, mm. no one saw mm-hmm. much of him. And I think some people were saying he's a bit of a target man, a bit of a nuisance up, up front, doesn't score many goals. To me, he looks like a, a wide player almost. I, I don't know. It's it's like that game against Swansea where he dinks the keeper and he hits the crossbar. He's so unlucky. And also the shot against Norwich. If you watch a bat, like, there's no backlift on his foot. Like, it's just literally in the motion, mm. hit first mm. time. Like, real quality, wasn't it, Chris? I feel like. I, I, I don't know what you think, mate. Yeah, he seems to have a bit of everything in his locker. You know, he seems, mm. you know, Rowett said he can play anywhere along a, a front three. Um, he, um, I think he's, I know, all right, we'll, don't get ahead of ourselves. He's had two 20-minute cameos, but he's shown a lot of promise in those. And I think a lot a lot of people who, um, when he signed, were like, oh, what are we signing this person for, blah, 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 blah. You can see quite clearly in, in those 40 minutes what he's got about him. Um, I guess it's just, do you play him alongside a phobie? If you do that, do you then drop 
Fury. And, and to our point, um, where, where do you fit all these players in? But what I would say is it is nice to have options, right? I mean, it's nice to have, all right, we didn't end up scoring on Tuesday, but to have a bench where you can bring Fleming and Vogue on, that's where we should be, right? Um, and I'm still hopeful that we'll bring one or two more in. So, um, yeah, uh, Kai, I don't know what you think about the start that Vogie's had to his career and where you kind of see him playing. No, I think um, I think that I think Vogie looked really good uh, both games. Um, but I'd also say that you know when he first signed, that we saw his goal record at Union Berlin. I, I think Gary might have alluded to him a couple of times, and also I've seen where his formation has been where he's been on the formation when he has come on for Union Berlin. Firstly, he's come on in sort of games in sort of five, ten minutes to go. And secondly, he's been playing a lot on the left. And I think I think he's much more of a, a central striker than that. So potentially at Union Berlin, he was played out of position. And now he's played in position, he'll be a lot more effective. I think there was another tweet. I can't remember who tweeted it. It might have been JP Millwall on Twitter. It was a great tweet. Um, it basically said about how many goals he scored per minute or something. If you look at how how much he's actually played um, and his minutes per goals is actually quite impressive rather than his stats on Wikipedia where it says like seven goals in 45 appearances or something like that. So if you, if, you know, if you get context behind it, it, he's actually done really done quite well in the minutes he's played for them. So um, I think it's an exciting signing. And as long as we play him up front in his main position, which I know obviously I'm sure Gary will, then, you know, I think he's going to be a good player for us. Vox Lama and Steve Morrison up front 2017 would be a lethal duo. <laughs> Just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Needs to address that. Um, Joe, I mean, I think you said you got something to address about uh, Fleming in the chat there, mate. Or... Yeah, I think uh, earlier, you know, um, one of the first sort of game or two when we were kind of questioning about Fleming and, you know, these performances. And <clears throat> I think we kind of commented and said about how he, he was struggling to adapt to the English game. You know, he seemed, you know, even pre-season, he seemed, you know, half a second slower behind, not physically, but mentally, you know, with the speed of the game. And, um I said then, and I'm quite pleased with what I saw his performance uh, against Norwich, is that, one, he seems to be a little more sharp and a bit more quicker to react to things now. But secondly, I don't know about you, because you obviously you watched the game live. Um, I just felt he was a little bit more determined, a bit more physical. He got stuck in. There's a couple of times he, he's, he's fighting for the ball, you know. And I think even for their second goal, again, a, a real clarity between McNamara and, uh, and Malone there. But... If you look back, he was the player running back and trying to get back to stop that 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 goal at the end. God knows where the rest of the midfield and the vendors were, but again, just showing that kind of determination, that kind of passion, that hunger and desire, that said a lot for me in that Norwich game. And and I, and I feel once he gets fitness levels up, starts starting games for us, he knows what he's got to do. He knows he's going to have to adjust and adapt himself um, to the English game. And I still stand by this. I think he will come good for us. And he could be the player that will just make us click uh, with the likes of Vogsdam playing up front with him as well. Because I think Vogsdam will be excellent for us. I think he's a mill-type player. He gets stuck in. He's not afraid to have a go. He's determined. Um, so give it time. Yeah, Give it a few games. Let's see Let's see what these boys can do for us. I feel stuck in a conflict. Because I'm sitting here asking these questions. I'm like, are we in a crisis? But well, we're not in a crisis because it's so early in the season. It's hard to get mm. carried away. But it's like, there's so many questions left unanswered, it feels like, when you're looking at our side. And it's like, if you go around it, it must be a great problem because you've got loads of different options in there, at least. And like, it's up to him now to try and make it work together and gel, like we're saying there. 
Um, with Fleming, like I was watching the game on Friday, and when you're watching it on from the side, I just thought this was made from what I think of what Fleming is, because I've not seen enough of him to really say what type of player he is. But mm. in them spaces, because especially with Norwich, a team coming at us, you know, bombing forward, playing forward at the back, and their wing backs still overlapping, you know, the midfield's trying to get forward and affect the game in, in the in the kind of the final third. That space in between the defensive midfield, I thought he would be perfect for it in the, in the first half. Mm. Um, and I felt like this was made for a number 10 like him to be in there, get that time on the ball, pick a pass, and then you set Bury away, you set a phobia away. Um, and I think that's where, especially in the away games, maybe that's the answer we might have in when he's fully fit and up to speed mm. if he performs like how we hope he does. Because then you're going to see that player come into it and have that space in the midfield to unlock the game really for us. And I feel mm. like just on Friday, like we had the time where we had the ball go forward and we was in there, but we just didn't really have that creativity or... It felt like going. It felt like we shored up defensively in the first half, but we just didn't have anything going forward. Like it's like almost they focused on the, after the Swansea game. Let's just try and be, you know, this is mm-hmm. how we're going to press. This is what we're going to do. Because I thought we pressed quite high and quite good against um, Norwich in the first half, and I was quite surprised by that because we've been sitting mm-hmm. back in the in the Sheffield United and Swansea games. Just to add to that, Omar. I mean, again, I'm going to go by the extended highlights that I saw, but it it did seem that I don't know what minute it was when when Vog Sam and Fleming came on, but it's like yeah, sitting on the big guns. And mm-hmm. thinking, great, this is brilliant. We're now, we're now actually putting the quality on the pitch. But thinking, but why did we not start with the quality? You know, why did we not start with them and, and then you know, maybe take them off in 65 minutes if they, if they can't do a whole game, you know? But that's when maybe the tide changed a little bit. That's probably when we did look a little bit more adventurous, a bit more tap-minded, and we did look better on, on, on the ball. Um, but again, like as you said, give it, give it time, you know, give it a few games. I'm hoping and praying that he starts with Fleming and uh, Rog Slammer and maybe a Phobie, um as a sort of free up front against um, uh, Reading on, on, on Saturday. And then maybe put Honeyman back in the centre midfield position and then do the box-to-box sort of stuff for us, you know? I wonder if um, that would be the lineup. I mean, I suppose that's a topic of debate. I mean, Chris, what do you reckon on a... Obviously, Fleming, I think Joe Point, I think what you're saying there, Joe, sorry, is Fleming only trained one day, didn't he, right? And so did Bradshaw, supposedly. So I guess yeah. it'd be a risk to play him, right? But Chris, what have you got to add on that, mate? Yeah, I just think that, because um, I, I saw quite quite a few people sort of on Twitter and things sort of start, say that, you know, uh, we waited until 2-0 down to to start playing. And, you know, I even referenced it in my, my post-chat thing. But I think on reflection, um First of all, the players probably aren't fit to the point to start the game. Um, second of all, let's be honest, we do have a pragmatic manager, <laughs> and he's he's all, he's going to start. You know, his mindset is get to sixty minutes at nil nil, and then maybe we change it and try and if we're in a position to go and win the game. And as much as we don't like that, that's nothing new. You know, that's something that we've had has been his strategy for ages. And if we'd have got to nil-nil at 60 minutes, you'd have said that was a really good sort of away performance. So it's mm. just them fine margins. And I think the third point, and this was the same as the Sheffield United game, it's very easy to be on top when a team is just defending a 2-0 lead. It's very easy to look like you're going for it and attacking. Because ultimately... You're just sitting back. We, we, we do it, you know, bloody at nil-nil, let alone 2-0 lead. So... <laughs> You know, it's it's a very easy way to look at it. So I think I'll um, I guess I'll slightly defend Rowett here. If he's still doing it when he's got all these options available and 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 stuff like that, then then maybe it's a bit different. But I just think that um, we need to we need to wait and see where we end up. Um, and who knows? They could be fit to start against Reading, or they might not be. I would love to see one of Fleming or Vogie start against Reading. 
Mm. I agree with you there, mate. And I think you're right 100% what you say, especially the Sheffield United game. I, I can remember, albeit in a bit of a pissed state, um, thinking like everyone's like, oh, we're going to give it a go second half. Look at us go for it. I'm like, it's so easy for them to sit back and watch us like, have the ball in the wide areas and win corners. I was like, if you want to tip on a bet, back me all to get four corners in the second half and just rally. And everyone's like, yeah, come on. Like It's like, it's easy to do when you're 2-0 down. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Chris, because it's like, yeah, you're giving it a go, but the damage already done in the game, especially against the top side like Sheffield United. It's a, it's a good point there. I mean, Kai, I said um, we're talking obviously a bit about Saturday then, I guess, just because obviously we mentioned, you know, the, the lineup. What would be like your front three, hopefully, for Saturday's game if if, if they're all fit and ready to go? Well, I think it's. I think I'd love to see Fleming, Bogslammer, and Benicophobia up top. Well, however, I do feel a bit sorry for Tyler Bury if that does happen. I think Bury's been. I thought Bury was excellent against Norwich, um, and I thought that did last season came into the side, and I thought he looked really good. He's he's quick and raw, and, and he looks looks skillful. This season, he just looks a, a class above that. He's stronger, uh, which I was really impressed about um, because last season maybe he got knocked with the ball a little bit, uh, maybe a few times, but this season he looks like looks really strong. When he gets on the ball, he looks like he holds it up better. He tra- he goes up for headers. He tries to win headers. He has won a few as well. So I just think he looks a, a much better player this year and looks even better than last year now. So I do think it'd be harsh to drop Tyler Bury, but I just wonder for a game against Reading, whether Benicophobia and Vogelstein are a little bit of experience um, and obviously to see Voggy come into the side would be nice and try and get Fleming playing balls in behind for both of them. And then if you brought in Bury on with half an hour to go with mm. his pace, kept Fleming on and played them balls through to Bury and stuff like that, then you're, then you're looking at a really dangerous attack for the whole game. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't be um, upset to see Bury start either because I think Bury's been excellent recently. I think Kai touched on it there, Joe. Bury's a game changer, I feel like, a little bit to have off the bench. Like It's a great mm. option to, if, if you're looking for someone to unlock the game or try and, if you're just getting one-on-one with a fullback, like we've said, obviously, already in the show here, like half hour to go, tiring defenders, just get him on and get him to cause havoc, I think could be a good mm. option to have for us. I think we're, we're lucky to, very fortunate to have him. I mean, this season, going back to what Kai just said there, I, I have seen a big improvement on him. One of the biggest improvements I think I've seen is his confidence. Um, last season, maybe he was a little bit hesitant to sort of take the player on sometimes. He, he'd probably do it in, in drips and drabs. Whereas now, I think as soon as he gets that ball, he's looking to take the defender on, looking to cut inside and make things happen, which is, which is brilliant to see. Um, again, with, with everyone available, we're very fortunate to have such a... a, a, a big squad, I guess, in those sort of areas where we can bring one the likes of Tyler Bury uh, to sort of change game for us, as you say, like 65 minutes maybe, and come on. And that might even suit him, to be fair. Uh, I'm not quite sure if he's a 90-minute player just yet. Um, to do what he does and, and, and to keep sprinting, making those runs for us, to do it every yeah, every, every minute of the 90 minutes is going to be very, very difficult for him. So maybe we use him wisely and bring him on sort of 65 minutes and let him run, like you say, against tight defenders he could cause some havoc for us. Um, but the key is definitely having quality on the pitch, especially that attacking third. And you need to have Volkstam in there. You've got to have Fleming in there as well. Um, hopefully alongside a Phoebe. And that'll give us, hopefully, some sort of um, impetus in, in that kind of final third in, in, in those areas. At the moment, I feel we're a little bit weak in those areas. Um, although I feel sorry for Honeyman, because he, he, he scored against um, Coventry, didn't he, from that number 10, 10 position. Mm-hmm. But I just feel that he'd probably do the same thing playing in centre mid. You know, it, it, we, we need someone who's a little bit more attack-minded, someone who's got a bit more of a presence in that area, which, I, again, I keep saying it again and again, it's Fleming, I think, for us, is going to be the be key for us the next few games. 
you don't want to be next to me when I'm the designated driver, by the way. My mates are pissed off after the game, after Norwich, and I'm winding them up. A little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I said this. I was like, Bury is like the championship Sterling, in a sense. You don't really know what you're going to get from him, but yeah. he, he, he's got the knack as well, though. Like, players bounce off him, Chris. Like, you know, like I think not all players have this as well. Like, he's a winger where he could shrug him off, and obviously we saw against Coventry, he bodied a player, and I think he went flying the other way. But he also, like, has the act of, like, players bouncing off him, which is not a thing that is just kind of given to any player. Like, it's, it's a sort of a knack to it, I feel like. And that's something he's de- definitely developed this season, I feel like. Yeah, and, and I agree with Kai's point earlier. He does look just, just stronger and, and, and also more mature in some of his performances in terms of the way, you know, all right, he's not he's not won every header and he's not always held the ball up well, but he's been asked to play a position that is not natural to him and I think he's adopted to it quite well. Um, I also agree. I think it would be unfair to, to drop him. Um, but then at the same time, it's it's a particularly this season with the five subs. It is very much a squad game. So in, in reality, you, you um and I forget which manager it was. It might be Steve Cooper, but there's a mentality of you're all starters. It just depends at what minute I start you, sort of thing. You know, and, and you kind of have a, an option around right. Well, Bury, you're thirty minutes, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. And and you know, I won't, I won't say too much about Reading because I know we're going to do another show, but. You know, Reading back-to-back home wins against teams that you know, not bad, um, and they've—they're a weird team. They've got a couple of players that, on their day, get into any championship team. Lucas Zhao, uh, Ovi Ajaria. they are two players that are very, very, very talented. So they're not—they're not, they're not going to come and lie down. Um, so yeah, it'd be really, really interesting to see what what side he picks. Stay tuned for our show later in the week and we'll preview it, I guess. <laughs> um, we're going to wrap up part one anyway and then we'll do a bit at the end for part two just to talk a bit about transfers. I mean, not a lot's happened. Nothing's happened, but we'll, we'll address that in part number two anyway and then wrap up today's show. So back after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, welcome to the second part of the show. Just to see us out for today's show, we'll talk a bit about transfers. Not a lot's happened. Obviously, a Vogel summer we've mentioned is the latest addition that joins uh, just before the Coventry game. And he's now played two games for us off the bench. Um, Kyle, there's been no transfer activity, mate. What's going on? Can you have a word with Gary and sort something out for us or what? <laughs> uh, well, there's a couple, been a couple of reports recently, isn't there, from uh, News of Den, obviously, stuff on the press as well. Gary said that they're, they, you know, they're hoping for one more. Um, and then I think in one of them, I think it might be the one to do Den. He said that I'm hoping for one more, and then if anything else drops, then we'll then we'll look at that too. But it's been a really, it's been a good good window, I think. Um, we've had what we needed, um, and, you know, a couple more, and well, one one more 
whether it, that another one drops as well, we'll see what happens. But if we get one more and I'll be, I'll be pleased. It's been a really good window for us. Notable absentee on the bench on Friday was George Evans, I'm pretty sure. Um, I keep thinking there's going to be some outs that maybe opens up maybe another in. I don't know what you think, Chris. I think I feel like there's a couple of players that are maybe surplus to requirements, it feels like. I don't know what you think. Yeah, and I think um, some of our injuries have probably stalled that a little bit. I think, yeah. um, you know, we, we the, the the likes of um, Fleming, obviously uh, Bradshaw and now Bennett, I think may have, have impacted some of the players, particularly the likes of Alafe and maybe Topolo going out on loan and getting some experience. Um, I think Evans is the obvious sort of first teamer, if you like, that, that could end up on his way out. Um, he's a weird one, isn't he? You know, I remember he sort of came in and I think he played a uh, right centre back for his sort of first five or six games. And he, he looked really good, actually. I was like, we've got a serious player on. And then, after that, he's just sort of dwindled and I, I can't really see him getting in the team amongst anyone else. But um, yeah, I think um, to Kai's point, it's been a good window. Um, I would like to see us bring in one or two more. I think we lack pace in the team still for me. I think we lack creativity um, and I think we could do with some competition from alone as per what we talked about earlier. So that would kind of be where I'd be focusing my efforts if I if I could have one more. So is it seeing Fleming, Benicophobi, uh, George Honeyman, Jamie Shackleton, Charlie Queswell, uh, Fogel Slammer, and then who's the other one? Come on. Treeman. Sorry? Treeman, the goalkeeper. Of course. Well, yeah. Well, okay. Six signings, not seven. <laughs> um, where are we going to... What are we going to add? I mean, Joe, if you had the, the world of Millwall to pick from and, you know, you wanted to bring someone else in, maybe a wing-back, maybe, I feel like? hundred percent. I think we, we definitely need a, a left, left wing-back. Um, again, McNamara is not quite quite there at the moment. But we know what he can do. Um, hopefully, in the next sort of few games, once we pick up a bit of form, um, he will, his performance will improve as well. Definitely on, on the left wing back. So I think Malone is definitely on the on the decline at the moment. Um, not quite sure what it is, but we need somebody who can not just challenge him for his position, but someone who can surpass him. We need someone with real quality, where. When loans look at this guy thinking, wow, this guy's level above me. Um, that's what we're needing. And the guy who I really like was that Coventry left wing back. Um, I can't what his name is now. Um, God. Right wing back was Bidwell was good. Yeah. Bidwell. Yeah. I mean, he's aggressive, you know, he's tenacious, he's, he's, he's fast, he gets forward, he's direct. Uh, I think he got the assist, I think, then he for, for their goal, I think, for the first one. Yeah. So, Someone like yeah, somebody like him, you know, who can give us a bit of drive, a bit of you know, strength there. Uh, I just feel Malone's a little bit lightweight, um, suffering bad from confidence. I think I've mentioned it in, the, in previous shows. When I watch the players playing, Mitchell wants the ball, Honeyman wants the ball, they're all kind of wanting want the ball. He almost shies away a little bit. He doesn't want the ball. Every time Murray Wallace getting the ball and looks at him, he's kind of pointing someone else telling him to go back or, or go start somewhere else, you know. And when a player starts doing that, you know, straight away mentally, you know, they're not quite right in the head. For whatever reason, they're, they're, they're struggling. So um, he needs to snap out of that. You know, he needs to be wanting the ball. He needs to be, you know, driving forward and getting those attacking players and getting back to the player we know he is. And um, quite frankly, if he can't do that, then we need to act now and get somebody in that's going to do that for us and give us a bit more of an attacking option. That's an important position. Like you say, a lot of clubs are playing the wing-back system at the moment in this league. And I think it's so vital you get your wing-backs right because 
they are key to your, your performance. If you've got shit wing backs, you might as well scrap the game plan, the formation, because it ain't going to work, is it? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's imperative that we get that right. And I think, you know, Rowett hopefully will be looking to bring somebody in quite quite soon before the uh, the trust windows are up and over. I know um, Nathan Byrne's gone to the MLS, Kai, so um, it's not going to be Nathan Byrne, um, who mm-hmm. is constantly linked with the, who played both sides at wing back. Um, I'm going to throw you a live grenade, Kai. Who was the New York Red Bulls player he was linked with? What was his name? You're going to know it. Come on. Oh, um, was it Lewis Morgan? There you go. Um, what's he, what position was he? Was he a winger? Or... He was a striker. He came out of an MLS. Um, yeah. yeah. Strange one, but um, no, it's linked to us, us and Huddersfield to it. So, I don't know. I mean, he's, he scored, I think he scored 11 goals and 21 appearances this season um, for uh, New York Red Bulls. So, it looks like he knows where the back of the net is. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, and not, nothing else um, has been said of that since, has it? So um, yeah, it's, it's what, age, what was his pro? How old was he? What, do you know what his profile was? Five. He's the type of player I feel like Fleming was the random link, wasn't he? In January, so it wouldn't surprise me if we went for someone like him, maybe next season or something, or it's just kind of like a, a constant link that maybe Rowett admires or wants. Maybe that I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll be surprised and we'll go and sign him on deadline day or something, which you never know what can happen. Um, I, I mean, Joe, I think Chris was saying obviously. Chris, Joe was saying that uh, wingbacks is obviously the option he wants to address there and said Bidwell. Any other names that maybe come out to you, mate, or someone that you can maybe pluck into the conversation for us? Yeah, so I think um, Joe Bryan uh, of Fulham is is available from what, what I'm reading. Uh, I wouldn't call him a wingback, if I'm being honest. He's more of a, a left back, but he's very, very, very good at this level. Um, and he's also a really good sort of set-piece taker as well. So... Someone like him, I would, um, I'd bite your hand off for. Alternatively, you go for someone a little bit more um, athletic and sort of a more of an attack-minded uh, fullback. I know there was a, a lad at West Ham that um, we were linked with at the start of the season, and it popped back up a few weeks ago. Uh, who is who fits the bill? So um, I, I can't. I'm not even going to try and Congolo or something. I don't know something like that. Um, so there, there are a couple of names. Um, and then we've also been linked with not a fullback, another striker, but the uh, young lad from Shamrock Rovers, um, who apparently we've made a couple of bids for. Like a, I think he's like an eighteen-year-old striker, um, but um, they've come out and said he won't be sold this window. So I don't know if that's um, a, a non a non-goer. But um, yeah, I, I'd love Joe Bryant to answer your question. I think he's he's a player that seems to be available, and um, yeah, he's in London. Just you know, just just pop over the river, and there you go. Pop over the river. Are they not? Is Fulham not the same side of the river, or is that the other side of the river? Fulham's just on our side. They're just over north of the river, aren't they? I think Are they? just over the Putney Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel that's a little bit of a. I feel like they're just our side, but I could be wrong. <laughs> um, a name I would like to pluck in there for the um, for the wingback position was Dujon Sterling at Chelsea. He was on loan at Blackpool last season. This is my just complete kind of ambition. I'd love to see a side someone like that. Um, he played against us for Blackpool last season when we lost at um, Bloomfield Roads. And he played right back first half and then he played left back second half and just kept us quiet the whole game. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's been linked with QPR, I'm pretty sure, in the window and to Preston. I think he's got an injury in a minute. But um, I'd love to see us go for someone like that. Just get, go ambitious and get a big loan in like that from the Premier League or something. It'd, it'd be interesting if we could do that. But Brian's a good shout as well, to be fair, Chris. So watch your space. I mean, Kai, do you, any, any other names that we maybe missed out that's been linked to us? Or is that is that all it's been so far? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to get a. As Chris said, uh, Joe Joe Bryan's a good player, isn't he? He's gone up with Fulham both times, so um, 
yeah, if he is available to leave Fulham, definitely one that I would I would like to sign. He's good. He's got a good a good championship pedigree, hasn't he? So yeah, let's hope hope you know someone like that will will, will come up will come in. I think he's a profile. He's twenty eight years old only, Joe Bryan still. So he's not like old per se, is he? I suppose, Chris. You know, he still could be a valid option to definitely come in and do some business for us in the championship. Definitely, and it, it, let's be honest. You know, Joe talks about adding someone with quality that's going to move us forward, and he definitely fits that bill. Whether he fits the salary structure and what we can do, and whether we're a desirable enough option for him, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, someone someone of that caliber, I think, is what we need to be looking for. And if we was to bring in, you know, a strong left back, then I think you have to say fair play to the club in terms of the business they've done. Um, mm. Cresswell and Afobi, to me, just replaced two players that were there last year. Afobi for Afobi and Ballard for Cresswell. So I kind of don't count them. Um, but the rest of the players have, have definitely added quality all over the pitch. So fair play if, uh, if we can make that happen. I think, um, see, Daniel Ballard got injured for Sunderland in other news. You know, as you mentioned, Creswell coming in. I think he's out for two months, I think, I saw the other day. So, you know, he's interesting. Smiling, he's smiling there, Omar. I'm not smiling. I just think it's interesting. <laughs> the rumour was the club decided against it because they're yeah. worried to sign him a permit for his injuries and he's gone to Sunderland to get injured. At least he's not going to score against us at the Stadium of Light in a couple of weeks' time, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I thought about when I saw that. I was like... It seems real, though, mate. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's two goals. Chris be crying. I think Chris will definitely walk out if he uh, scores against us, won't you, Chris? <laughs> Honestly, I've had to take all my posters down. It's, yeah. <laughs> you can't oh, get the tattoo removed, though, can you, though, mate? No, he's in a place that no one could see, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've come to the closing stage of the show today, anyway, guys. And um, Kai, thank you for joining me as always, mate. No, I enjoyed it, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Joe, thanks for joining, mate. Cheers for having us on, guys. We re- really enjoyed it. Cheers, Omar. And thank you, Chris, mate. Top man. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks to Mickey for not coming tonight. But, you know, we, we, we powered through about you. <laughs> Go on, Joe. Just wanted to mention, um, I don't think we've, we've been, it's been a while since we had a show on, but we didn't mention about uh, Bob Pearson as well. Yes. Um, passed away. So just an honourable mention to, uh, to Bob Pearson. I mean... Um, the old generation of Millwall players um, will know him very, very well. Um, he played a big, big part in their in their their lives, their careers, and given them the football foundation, the platform um, to to go on and, and achieve not just good things with Millwall, but even with other clubs um, going gone beyond that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a, he's a big, big, uh, big part of, of Millwall and in, in in the youth setup, bringing youngsters in and, and, and scouting. You know, the, the the top talent we we're lucky to have. So. Um, yeah, you know, thanks obviously to, to him for everything he's done for us. And uh, on behalf of obviously all Mills fans, we, we wish him and his family, um, you know, well. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and God bless. Well said, mate. I think Mickey, if well I'm not, he, he won't remember saying he's working on a couple of bits, I, I think, on social. Yeah, I think he, so. he was here. I think he'll definitely mention that's what yeah. I thought I mentioned before. He's, I think he's working on one or two things. So keep your eyes peeled for that, potentially. So Enough. I'll say that for now, anyway. Uh, but yeah, thanks for that. And, um, Guys, thanks for coming in and tuning in. And thank, uh, thanks, everyone, for watching and listening online. So, always appreciated. We're going to go. Um, check us out on our socials at That Mill Pods and like and comment and give us some feedback and tell us what you think. So, thanks, guys, and we'll see you in a bit. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.